in today's show. I'm going to finish off my hypothetical NBA expansion by doing the expansion draft. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So this is the end of a three-part series on a hypothetical NBA expansion draft. It is, as someone put in the comments, I think, on one of the videos, it's a good thought exercise. It's not real. I know some people, oh, is this real? Did this actually happen? No, no, no. It's not real. It's just me doing a thought exercise. Who would I protect? And how would I go about building two expansion teams? And the protection part for most teams, it was straightforward. There were a couple of little iffy ones. Building the team, doing the draft, it was really tough. I set myself limits of $150 million, which is the luxury tax line. The uh, expansion teams can't go above that. The rules I set up at the start, of this as well, were that these two expansion teams, regardless of their record in their first season, would end up with lottery balls equal to the highest chance, whatever that percentage may be, because you've got to alter it with 32 teams in there, so it might be 12%. So they still get that high boost of getting a potential, let's say, top six pick in next in the, in the next year's draft. So they don't necessarily have to just draft bad players in order to... Um, yeah, keep themselves with high odds. They can actually build a team and try and build for the future, be competitive now if they want. And I thought that was a good idea because you don't, you know, to, to generate excitement in expansion market, there's going to be excitement initially, but you want to be able to have, hey, look, this team's, you know, they're not finishing 10 and 72 or they're deliberately just trying to lose. So in four years time, we're going to be good. Let's be competitive now. Let's really give them a little bit of a head start, not to the level that the AFL does where expansion teams come in. They go, all right, you guys can have pick one, three, five, seven, eleven in the first round. And then you can have one, three, and five the next year and like just load them up completely. We're not doing that. But just giving that little bit of an extra boost in terms of just you know, just putting them in sort of the middle of the pack and seeing where it goes. So with all that said, the two teams, Seattle and Mexico City, yes, Las Vegas probably does get a team before Mexico City, but the guy that produced the Mexico City branding and jerseys, I really liked what he did. So that's why I just put him in. Again, this is not real. And I know that Las Vegas probably does get a team or Vancouver or Kansas City or Buffalo or St. Louis or San Diego or Nashville or Cincinnati or Pittsburgh or whoever. Sorry, or Virginia or somewhere like that. Like, or Tampa. Sorry if I missed your city. They all probably get teams, right? Before Mexico City, I would guess. But we went with Mexico City because of the great design work on those jerseys. So I decided that it was going to be a snake draft. I'm sure the NBA wouldn't do it as a snake draft, but hey, we're a fantasy channel, so we love snake drafts. And I gave Seattle the number one pick. So Seattle at one, Mexico two and three, Seattle four and five, blah, blah, blah. All the way through to we do 30 picks, 15 per team. Try and keep under that $150 million salary cap. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle at pick one. I'm like, every one of these, I'm, I haven't, I'm going to reveal it just yet. Normally when I do the ha-ha, I, I do the transition and throw the screen across. 
but I'm really nervous about this. I don't know why I'm so nervous because doing it, God, I went back and forth on every one of these picks a million times and I'm going to try and justify my thought process in doing it. And there are going to be plenty of you who don't agree with it. I, the vast majority won't agree with the way that I'm building this. I, I think. With pick number one, you can go back and see all of the players on the board. I probably had about 100 players, 120 players who I thought were reasonable options to maybe get selected on my draft board here. The number one pick, oh, I still don't feel good about it. Seattle Supersonics pick, Jonathan Kaminga. Now, I went back and forth. I was debating Moses Moody, but and I, I am not as high on Kaminga as other people are. The reason I took Kaminga here was A, if it works out, a potential two-way, high-usage wing who can actually play small ball center, play the three and the four, it's unbelievably useful. Is he going to be Paul George or Kawhi or LeBron or Kevin Durant or Giannis or any of those guys? Almost definitely not. But has he got a chance of doing that? More to say than like Moses Moody? Yeah, he does. The seller is really cheap. And the prototype, the size, the salary... I've got him for three more years on a rookie deal, plus restricted rights after that. He doesn't have to necessarily come in and be the star and play 30 minutes, because you'll see as we go through this, there are a lot of good players that were unprotected that I could have picked. But I took Kaminga at number one in this draft out of all those players available for all of those factors, and I still don't feel good about it. But Mexico with pick two and three, I feel less good about those picks. I didn't really know sort of which way to, to go about it. It was just... Really, really tough decisions to make. So let's look what I did with the first couple of picks for Mexico City. Like, there wasn't great, super great, super cheap upside prospects available. The Warriors were the team to plunder for that with you know, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, but Seattle got pick one and they, they took Kaminga. So I'm not sure how I, again, I'm, again, every one of these picks I'm second guessing as I'm announcing them. But Mexico City with their first pick, I picked Karis Levert, almost $19 million. So we have to be careful with um, spending a little bit down the track. But a guy that we can get some sort of productive offense out of, we can sort of run the ball with him. And looking over the, the group of players, there's not a ton of point guards or ball handlers available. There's just there's a lot of centers, there's some shooters. There's not many point guards and ball handlers, and there's not many two-way wings. So they're obviously the hardest things to find. Levert is an expiring contract. And some of this with these teams will be getting some guys in who don't have toxic contracts who maybe you can flip for a protected first round pick, a couple of seconds, build up your draft capital moving forward. And maybe Levert's one of those guys. Not sure how much he hurts a team, but the Pacers got a protected first round for him last season. Maybe you get another protected first round for him if you if you flip him. Um, otherwise, you let him go. You open up some cap space for next offseason as well. He just gives some level of respectability um, and some competence uh, handling the ball with some defensive ability. So I got him in there as their first pick. With the third overall pick, second pick for Mexico City, I know, I know you guys are going to think that it's memes. I know, but who, who do you think it is? Capable ball handler, a guy that can shoot, can pass, can defend at an elite level. There are not many good high-level point guards and someone, again, the contenders are going to want. They're going to want him. Maximum Derek. $16.9 million for Derek White. Um, he's got three years left on that deal. Again, contenders will want him. But 
there is when you look at the, the point guards, and you'll see as we go through through this list, there just aren't good point guards available. There are some young ones, but not ones where you go, these are going to be necessarily long-term, high-level, upside starting point guards. This is a guy who can, again, provide competence, provide shooting, provide defense, provide a stability base for a young team, and provide high level of play who is attractive to other teams on the market. So that's the first two picks, Levert and White. That's thirty, almost $36 million out of my budget. Gone. And again, I look at it and I go, I, I don't like it. I don't really like the picks. But that's that was the nature of this exercise, unfortunately. Back to Seattle at pick four. Talk about the lack of point guards. I chose Cole Anthony at number four. Again, do I think Cole Anthony is a long-term starting point guard? Probably not. But you can sort of see the way that I'm working these two teams. A bit more younger, upside sort of stuff with Seattle. A little bit more um, established competency for Mexico City. Anthony's going to take some shots for sure. He's going to be inefficient. Um, he's super cheap. It allows me to grab some other guys at a bit more of an expensive cost later on. And when we, again, we talk about guards and shot creation, there's just not many of those guys that were available. So I'm going to take Cole Anthony at pick number four. Hope, the hope is, I guess, that he can develop into a backup point guard, sixth man, maybe as a starter, but maybe you grab a point guard in the draft in the next season and see how that all plays out. Now, you might be thinking, hey, Josh, there's so many centers who are available. Yusuf Nurkic, Clint Capella, Miles Turner, Jonas Valanciunas, so many centers. But with so many centers available, I didn't. Look, you, I could easily argue, and I'd probably be right, that Miles Turner or Clint Capella or Jonas Valanciunas were the best players that were available right now. Absolutely, the best players you could use out of this group. But when you look at position, positional scarcity, if I didn't get Turner for one of the teams, I could get Capella, I could get Nurkic, or I could get Valanciunas. The other guys were there. And prioritizing some ball handling and some defense and some shot creation and some two-way wing ability, those guys fall away. So I wanted to grab those guys, get that out of the way, get some of those positions filled. And now at pick five, I will take a center for Seattle and I'll take Miles Turner and his $18 million expiring contract. Now, in theory, you would say, oh, other teams would want him, but apparently not because he's been wanting to be traded or the Pacers have been trying to trade him for three years and no one gives up anything for him. He's absolutely worth the first round pick in my mind. Maybe you can move on from him at some point for some heavily protected first or seconds or whatever, but he's just a really good player. Again, backline defense behind Anthony and Kaminga, shooting ability where maybe Anthony and Kaminga also struggle at times, um, an ability to show himself out in um, a situation where he's going to be featured a little bit more. I think he's a good player. And taking him at number five, $18 million. That's $27 million through the first three picks there for the Seattle Supersonics. But before I get into talking about Mexico City's next pick, I'm going to tell you about betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs and all of your sports information. You'll find all of the sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league. That's Major League Baseball, which is going on at the moment. Trade deadline yesterday. Go check out the futures on the Padres for the World Series. NFL, NBA, NHL. We've got NFL preseason starting tomorrow. Uh, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. In fact, let's look at the odds for tomorrow's Hall of Fame game. We've got the Raiders and the Jags. The Raiders are two and a half point favorites. Well, I wouldn't be 
placing money on either of those teams, but it's just good that football's back. And if you do want to have a bet on that, you can see the odds and the information at BetOnline. BetOnline, use, or head, head to BetOnline today, or use your mobile device, and you can learn more about the action that's happening today. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Pick six. Hmm. Do I go big with Mexico City? Miles Turner just went off the board, so I don't think that Seattle, trying to like separate two halves of my brain into Seattle versus Mexico. If I'm Seattle, I'm not rushing to grab another center, so maybe I can wait on another center. The risk you also have was one of the rules set up earlier on was you can only take one player per team. So while Capella is there and Nurkic is there and Valanciunas is there, if someone grabs Trey Murphy or Josh Hart or Bogdan Bogdanovich, then those other centers come off the board. So there is a little bit of risk involved in that, but I am still going to take that risk. With Mexico City at number six, I'm going to take Emmanuel quickly. $3.2 million. Is he a point guard or a shooting guard? I don't really know. He's probably a guy you want to try at point guard, but maybe he isn't. But with White's size and defense, they can play together. And I think you've got maybe a starting one, two, three group here, or at least a three guard rotation with White and Levert starting and quickly coming off the bench. Cost controlled, two more seasons on quickly before restricted free agency. And that gives you a bit of um, security in that. And just see in a larger role, potentially a larger role, how much he can develop. Okay. Don't hate that pick that much. Pick number seven. Bob Covington, 12.3 million. He has got two years left on his deal. That takes our total up to $50 million out of 150 spent. And much like White, much like Levert, Covington is going to be someone who I think has appeal to playoff teams. Really good defender. Again, when you've got Quickly and Levert, who aren't good defenders out there, but you pair them with White and Covington. Good defensive ability, great rim protection from those two guys, some perimeter defensive ability, shooting ability from Quickly, White, and Covington as well. Just trying to build that team with a couple of those key principles in there. Creation, passing, defense, shooting. And I think we've got it with that little group. And appeal to other teams in, in wide in coming to in particular and even Levert for a little bit of offensive juice if that's what another team wants. So I didn't take my center there. Again, feeling confident I can get another one on the way back around. Pick number eight is Seattle. And they're going to take Clint Capella off the board, not by taking Clint Capella, but by taking Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Atlanta Hawks and his $18 million. So that puts that team up to $45 million after four picks. Bogdanovich dealing with a knee problem at the moment, for sure. He's got one year left plus a player option, so probably maybe only one year. There is some uh, intrigue as a shot creator, sixth man, ball handler for a playoff team. You could start Anthony and Bogdanovich together. You could bring Bogdanovich off the bench. He's going to have some pretty nice usage. He's just going to give that ability with shot creation, and he's just a good player. And getting him in there, pick number eight, no one else that I loved who was available there, who really stood out as this huge upside prospect. But I took Bogdan there because I knew I had another pick coming, a pick number nine. And I'm going to take, and some of this is strategy as well, is trying to take some centers away from Mexico City. So at number nine, I went with Trey Murphy. Is that out of the box? A little bit. But 6'9", shooting small forward, can be an elite shooter, can create a little bit for himself. I think he can defend a bit. Three years left, cost controlled. He's at 3.2 million. Put him there. Kaminga, Anthony, Bogdanovich. Like that, that's a Anthony Bogdanovich, Murphy, Kaminga, Turner. Not a bad starting five. It's competitive enough. Play in sort of mix. Anthony, Kaminga, Murphy, room to grow. Turner, Bogdanovich, 
solid veterans, some playoff appeal for other teams. And again, just that nice little cost on Trey Murphy. But that also now takes Jackson Hayes, Devontae Graham, Jonas Valanciunas out of the mix. No, you can't pick any other Pelicans. So they're off the board now. Sticking with Mexico City's theory of building a team, let's get guys in who can defend, who can shoot, who can be of value to other squads. Jay Crowder, $10 million. Now, Jay Crowder's old. He's like 32. And we know that, um, yeah. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. We know that's what he's like. He would be a guy you would think you can try and leverage for another pick somewhere else. There's either him or quickly uh, will come off the bench here as a sixth man, but they still play 27, 28 minutes in this squad, I would guess. And just defense, shooting, appeal to other teams is where he slots in. So that's, you've got five guys there. Still not having a center. Am I going to do one with the next pick? I think I can find one later on. Um, So pick 11. I'm going to take another upside crack. Ty Ty Washington, $2 million. Really cheap. Four years left on his deal. I think he's got starting point guard upside. You got him in quickly. Let's figure it out. Can they play together on the second unit? Can Ty Ty just sort of develop for a bit? Just grabbing a guy with nice pedigree, nice upside. It's cheap cost. Keep him away from the other team. I'll take him right there. So what do you think so far of these teams? Where are you? How are you viewing them? How are you liking the team building aspect? What would you have done differently? Let me know. All right, let's go to number 12. That's back to Seattle. I'm going to take Josh the Hitman Hart at number 12. $13 million. Takes use of Nurkic off the board as well. So Mexico City is getting wrecked with centers. $13 million for Hart. He'll be a nice bench piece or he might start over Bogdan Bogdanovich. Just, again, a solid veteran who can defend, who's an excellent rebounder, who can shoot at times, who showed an increase in his passing ability. Maybe he should have gone a little bit higher. He's just a really, really good player. The salary is a little bit high. It's not too bad, though. Um, he's got two years left on his deal. That brings us to $61.5 million for Seattle. And at pick 13, I wanted to grab myself another upside play point guard, Trey Jones. $1.8 million, pick 13. He's only got one year on his deal. Then he's a restricted free agent. He can slide in there behind Cole Anthony as the backup point guard. That's fine. Just sort of work on his game. Maybe the, those two switch positions during the season. We'll see what Trey's able to provide. But getting some value there after I saw Ty Ty go off the board for the other side, thought it was worth grabbing him here. For Mexico City at pick 14, got to do it now. Got to take a center. I am going to take Nick Claxton at pick 14. $8.5 million. Probably going to be Brooklyn starting center this season. Probably going to be Mexico City starting center, although there are other centers out there that I might get later on. But young enough, you work with quickly in Washington as a young core coming up. Some rim protection ability along with Covington, I think really is helpful on this team. And just someone that we can let sort of develop and let grow. And let's get to another defensive play. We've got really good defensive front court here. Claxton, Crowder, Covington, and then I'm going to take Muxy Kleber. Like just some really strong defensive big men and forwards. Because again, I know that playoff teams want defensive big men. And they want defensive forwards and forwards who defend like that are really hard to get. And ones who can shoot. So I'll just grab Kleber for $9 million. So that gives me $80 million spent out of my $150 million budget. Over to the Seattle side at pick 16. Zeke Naji, Big man. Can shoot. Maybe can protect the rim. 
He's not going to be able to play center. not going to start, obviously, because Miles Turner's on this team. Maybe there's a chance he plays back up four minutes or he just sits and develops. But I think at that contract, two more years to go on that deal. Um, he showed enough flashes. Injuries really started to hurt him, though. And now we're getting to a stage where we're over halfway through this draft. And it does get a little bit hard to figure out who I want. Boyan Bogdanovich is a really good player and he's sitting there, but he costs $20 million and is an expiring contract. I am going to grab him though. And he probably slides into the starting lineup mainly so I can go double Bogdanovich. Yeah, bring Kaminga as a um, second unit player and just give him a little bit more uh, space in, in that environment to um, develop. But I'm going to throw um, Boyan Bogdanovich in here. Just again, some more shooting. It's an interesting, going to be an interesting team, how it all pans out. But Boyan Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich, there should be appeal for someone like Boyan as well. We'll see if he ends up getting traded this NBA offseason or not. But I'm throwing him over there. Pivot for Mexico City. Let's grab a young wing. Maybe could develop into a Boyan Bogdanovich type of player. And that's Isaiah Livers of the Detroit Pistons. I think. There's a legitimate chance that he starts for them this season. I don't know if it'll be straight away, but at some point, next to Isaiah Stewart, a shooting, defending, wing, again, just they're the players. Yeah, you've got Crowder and Covington, and Livers might not play much initially, but you hope to trade those guys on, and Kleber, and then Livers can step up into that role. Just getting value where you can either get value for your own team or value in the terms of uh, assets in return. And I'll grab another center here. I did have Nick Claxton. But Rashawn Holmes is sitting there at $11 million. 25, 23-minute split between those two. Whoever starts, I don't really mind. Holmes is still a really good center. That is a really good price. He does have three more million, uh, also three more years left, two plus one with a player option at the end. But I'm going to take him there at pick number 19. For the Sonics, back to them at pick 20. I'm going to take Cody Martin. $7 million defensive wing. Just gives me another option to throw into the mix whenever we get to that situation where I need to put someone out there to try and guard the uh, the other team's um, best player. And not, he hit threes at a high rate last season, and he's relatively cheap, and he's under contract for four years. And then I have grabbed Zeke Nagy on this team. I have grabbed Miles Turner. But Precious Achua is out there, the big sneeze. He's at $2.8 million. Will he start over Turner? Probably not. But again, we're not expecting Turner to be a long-term player. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. But Achua, let's try and work him in. Let's try and give him some value there. And let's, some of it's just about stealing assets off other teams as well. So let's take Precious in there at $2.8 million. We're at $95.3 million out of $150. Um, yeah, so we've got a little bit of breathing space. I really hate this pick. The next one, pick 22. It's Mexico City. And I took Duncan Robinson. $17 million, but on developing teams, shooting is super important to be able to space the floor. Now, they're not going to be a high-end playoff team. They're not going to be someone where his defense is going to be a huge issue, um, but just having that shooting and spacing to open things up for homes, for open things up for um, Ty Ty Washington eventually, for Livers, for White, for Quickly, just everyone on the team, plus some of the other guys we'll pick later on. It's not a great contract. He's got three years left with an extension after that, with a, a player option, sorry, after that. It's not a great contract, but I do have the space. And yeah, at this point in the draft, you know, I'll, I'll take him. I was debating Caleb Martin there, but I did go with Duncan. I don't feel good about it. 23 is Ayo Desunmu. $1.6 million from the Chicago Bulls. He's only under contract for one more year, then restricted free agent. 
And he would have to fight for minutes with Quickly and Tai Tai and White. And he probably gets the minutes over Tai Tai at first. And he was a really good reserve guard. He, he had some moments when he started as well. But I think overall, his role is going to be as a reserve guard. And he gets that opportunity here. Let's take... Now, we're getting to the stage where the rosters are filling up. And I've got a bunch of guys on these rosters. So you're taking bunches of starting caliber guys um, or your six-man type players when they might be your 10th best guy. Like, we're not, we're not having many top-end guys, but we might have... Yeah, eight, eighth men or you know, 11 ninth men type of areas. And then you get into playing time fights and how do you distribute the minutes and how do you develop guys. So let's take a flyer guy here for the Seattle Supersonics at 24. Usman Jeng, $4.6 million. He's going to require time. He's not going to play initially. Four years on his contract, then restricted free agency. And he's going to need that time. So we'll give him that time. We don't have to play him straight away and we won't play him straight away. And then it was hard. Avoided picking him in some other areas because I just think he can be quite detrimental in certain situations, but maybe getting picked at pick 25 humbles him. I took Dylan Brooks, $11.4 million for Brooksy. He's an unrestricted free agent, so it's just one year, so maybe I can get him, trade him for a second, cut him even if it's becoming a problem where he's hijacking the offense. But again, leaving that asset out there, weakening another team in Memphis and then trying to, you take a guy and then maybe Memphis gives you something back to get him back, whatever it is. You try and negotiate those sort of deals, but just thought there was enough value in him there at 25 to uh, to take him. Mexico City back at 26, much like with Dylan Brooks. I don't particularly think this player is particularly good, but at 26, I'm going to take Rui Hachimura and his $6.3 million. Struggled last season, although he did shoot really well. He's only got one year left to restricted free agency. Um, he's not going to be in a featured role on this team because I really don't think that's his future in the NBA. But again, just let's take someone who may be someone. Maybe it's the Wizards. They re-believe in Rui and they uh, take him back. I was really, you know, because I did the protection on this a couple of days ago and I was looking at, oh, man, I should grab Denny Abdi here. Then I looked at the Wizards and went, ah, you're too smart, Josh. You protected Denny and you left Rui unprotected. So I don't have the option to take Denny Abdi because he would have fit in really nicely. But I'm going to take Rui Hachimura with that selection for Mexico City. And then number 27, Damian Jones, $2.3 million. Remember, only one player per team. And I'm not taking Russell Westbrook from the Lakers. And it was Tom Bryan or Damian Jones there. So I took Jones at $2.3 million. Backup center, third string center with uh, Claxton and Rishon Holmes there. Totally fine. Like Again, we're just trying to fill out our rosters here. Pick 28 for the Sonics is Jalen Noel. Probably should have gone a little bit higher. He is quite a good player. So it's cheap. It fits into our luxury tax situation. No worries. And then the last one fits in as well. It's Isaiah Joe at $1.8 million. And that's my roster for Seattle. That's the last pick. Mexico City's last pick. Well, I have to take someone from the box. I could have taken Grayson Allen. Could have taken Marjon Beauchamp, which I was going to. But you know what I did? Let's try Sandro Mamakalishvili. He's not going to have any demands on playing time. I thought he flashed some really interesting things. And he's got forward size with some shooting ability. He was on a two-way, so I'll just convert him to a regular minimum contract here. $1.6 million as my 15th man on the roster. So let's go through and look at the rosters overall. Seattle, Kaminga, Cole Anthony, Miles Turner, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Trey Murphy, Josh Hart, Trey Jones, Zeke Naji, Boyan Bogdanovich, Cody Martin, Precious Achua, Usman Jeng, Dylan Brooks, Jalen Noel, and Isaiah Joe. So we'd probably start Anthony, Bogdan, Hart, Boyan, and Turner. And then you have Kaminga, Trey Jones, Cody Martin, Achua, Dylan Brooks coming off the bench. I think. For Mexico, Mexico City, we've got Levert, Derek White, 
quickly. Covington, Crowder, Ty Ty Washington, Nick Claxton, Maxi Kleber, Isaiah Livers, Rashawn Holmes, Duncan Robinson, Ayoda Sunmu, Rui Hachimura, Damian Jones, and Sandra Mamakelishvili. And I reckon we'd start White, Levert, Duncan Robinson for spacing, Covington and Holmes with uh, quickly Dasunmu, Crowder, Kleber, Claxton as your bench unit. And then you've got um, Damian Jones and, and Washington, Hachimura, Mamakalishvili, um, sort of sitting in that second or that, that bench group trying to uh, you know, find enough playing time. I think there's someone else I missed uh, out of that group. But that is sort of how I would run that. It was an interesting thought exercise. The draft was bloody hard trying to get a direction of a team and form something that makes sense with the understanding that we're going to be making deals here afterwards to try and trade some players and change our roster around. But that's how it was. What did you think of the way the teams worked out? What do you think is better, Seattle or Mexico City? Drop it down below. Very interested to hear your thoughts. And follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Say out.